The Devil's Advocates Radio Show is broadcast under a time brokerage agreement between Devil Radio and Civic Media Inc. Some portions of this program may be pre-recorded. Warning! You are about to listen to the greatest radio show ever, and due to contractual obligations and to shield our airwaves and corporate licensees from any semblance of liability, responsibility, and gullibility, we must tell you the views represented on this show are not necessarily those of this station or its management. This radio show contains differing points of view on current political topics, and due to the nature of its contents, it should be heard by everyone. Thank you for listening. Now live from the Civic Media Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, where the political party is just beginning, welcome to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. Friends proving it's never personal, only politics. Please allow me to introduce myself. And now, here's your hosts, Dom and Crute. Welcome to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. Halfway home, Dom. Wednesday, but I'm calling this. The biggest loser hump day edition. Welcome to it, my friend. Happy hump day to you, Crudy Nate. Good to see you. Thank you for your hard work always. And our fair audience, welcome to the Devil's Advocates. It is a political party. We're going to have a great show today. You're a winner just for tuning in because we got some (laughs) fine guests and we got some big headlines. First of all, SCOTUS, tomorrow, the ballot eligibility challenge. Of Donald Trump, starting with Colorado, SCOTUS is taking up oral arguments tomorrow, Dom. If if Trump is blocked from being on the ballot, I think he's going to lose. So <laughs> I, I think so. A big loser. We're going to invite, and in fact have invited, and he's accepted, such a gracious man, our friend, former U.S. Attorney James Entel, coming for the happier happy hour. Looking forward to that. We'll talk about the SCOTUS and Many of the other legal cases surrounding the former president, something of a loser, I would I would say, Don. But anyways, not James Intel, Trump. Also, new Marquette University Law School polling. It's out today. Don, always love when the polling comes out because then we have the polling master, pollster extraordinaire, James, uh, pardon me, Charles Franklin. Why, why didn't I look at the notes? I know who's coming. Charles Franklin. Pollster extraordinaire Marquette University Law School poll. That's the gold standard we perceive. And I'll just give you the top line, folks. Here in the state of Wisconsin, within the margin of error, Biden. He's got like two points on on Trump. Biden's up on Trump very, very narrowly. And I thought I saw Dom, and we'll verify this with Charles Franklin, the least popular politician in the state of Wisconsin right now. I think at negative 32, Robin Foss, Speaker of the Assembly. <laughs> yeah. I, I I will verify these numbers, Don, but I thought it was like 17% approve and like 49% disapprove. And you know, a big to... chunk of people don't know who he is or don't know enough about him to render an opinion, which is really shocking to me because the guy's, what, the longest-serving Assembly Speaker in the state of Wisconsin's history. you think you'd know who's at least partially responsible for some of the very bad governance we've been living under for the last 15 years. Robin Loss, Robin Boss, <laughs> you might be the biggest loser. Uh, but, Dom, I want to tell you, I'm on the road. It's the For the Love of Democracy Tour 2024. Thank you, Chad's Design Bill. Chad's being our fine sponsor partner in this all spring and summer long endeavor. It's going through the K-12 
conventions this summer, but right now I'm in Las Vegas. And Dom, I'm here to celebrate the glorious primary victory of President Joe Biden in Nevada last night. Joe killed it, buddy. He Joe won. It, man. 89.3% of the vote Joe Biden pulled down in the Democratic presidential primary. And he had over 100,000 votes last I saw, Dom. And he beat the uh, Phillips. See, uh, no, New York Times reporting 98,358 votes, uh, according to the Times. I'm I'm rounding up to 100,000. All right. Calling that 100,000. You know, because it makes a nice round number in my head. Joe had like 100,000 votes. I, you know, here in Las Vegas, you may not know this, but this city, and maybe it's the fact that it's on Pacific time, two hours behind the central time, but this city runs a little later than most cities. Yeah, you know, I try to go out and get something to eat in Middleton after 8 o'clock. You can't do so, right? Well, I'm telling you from personal experience, very few restaurants open past 8 o'clock in Middleton on a, on a Tuesday night. Not a problem here in Vegas. I did <laughs> yeah. find dining accommodations and all that stuff, Dom. But so many of the people must work in the service industry. The local news here is at 11 o'clock Pacific time. That's 1 o'clock a.m. Central Time. I saw the news last night. I'm staying up waiting for the, the late results last night in Nevada. And I had to wait up till 1 o'clock in the morning because, you know, I just traveled yesterday. I'm still on Central Time in my brain and my body. So I was up till 1 a.m. just to get to the results. And it was a glorious victory for Joe Biden. Showed his strength here. You see Donald Trump pulling 89% anywhere yet? No. No, no. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Crudy, um, also, again, the Nevada Democratic primary, Joe Biden, 89.3%. None of these candidates, remember, you can go and vote for none of these candidates uh, in the Democratic primary. None of these candidates got just under 6% of the vote. And coming in third, Marianne Williamson, capturing 2.9% of the Democrats in Nevada. A stronger showing than Dean Phillips. Uh, he was excluded from the ballot. Or was he on he the was ballot? Not on, Do we see a, he was not on the ballot. Nope. Well, then he got a 0. 0.0. 0. 0. Much like Scott Walker. That was his final polling yeah. number before he left the race ingloriously, the former governor of the state of Wisconsin. But, uh, Dom, here's, here's the other interesting part. The Republicans held a primary last night. And as I had pointed out to you, only one notable candidate on the ballot, Nikki Haley. No real competition except from the line, none of these candidates. I mean, technically, you could go out and vote against Nikki Haley as none of these candidates. But who would get up off their couch on a Tuesday in Las Vegas where most people don't even start their workday till afternoon or evening? Who's going to go vote in a primary for none of the above? Well, Dom... About 44,000 people last night in Nevada <laughs> voted none of none of these candidates, technically. It's not none of the above. And Nikki Haley only got 21,199 votes. Uh, again, we sourced the New York Times results because the late results in Nevada weren't, weren't final results at 1 a.m. They must have still been counting ballots, Tom. But Nikki Haley got doubled up, more than doubled by none of these candidates. That makes Nikki Haley the night's biggest loser, Dom. Well, wow. I mean, but she is also the winner because none of these candidates, which is, you know, I, especially on the Republican side, on the Republican primary, I absolutely endorse none of these candidates. I think 
none of these candidates is the best option for the GOP uh, in Nevada. Again, Nikki Haley getting 30.5%, you know, less than half of the 63.2% uh, of none of these candidates. But coming up, and even behind that, Crudy, Mike Pence, 4%, Tim Scott, 1.4%. Of course, they've already suspended their campaigns, but they're still on the ballot in Nevada. Well, those inconsequential figures, you know, unless you're going to go hang the, the former, or perhaps the latter might be a Trump candidate for VP, not Pence, talking about Tim Scott. When when questioned about his VP preferences, the two names Trump threw up very recently, Tim Scott, Senator from South Carolina, and Christy Noem, who I've mentioned a few times, who allegedly is the courtesan of his former campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, according to many conservative media sites, but she's also the power-brokering governor of the state of South Dakota. Pretty woman. Trump likes them that way. You know, that'll offset all his weaknesses with the suburban women. Just a pretty VP candidate. Uh, The total turnout, I thought this was an interesting number. On the Democratic side, on the Democratic primary side, 110,000 people on total turnout. For the GOP, their total turnout was just under 70,000. So many more people on the Democratic side turning out. And my understanding is... Uh, Republicans can vote in both the GOP primary and then again in the caucus. So it will be interesting. I think what that total number is in the caucus ends up being uh, will be interesting just to statistically compare, see what kind of motivation there is on these between these different parties. Well, again, I, I think that would be a hard side-by-side comparison because Donald Trump, who did not appear on the primary ballot, and the primary is run by state election officials here, so we can feel some confidence that at one o'clock in the morning, when they, you know, started dropping these numbers uh, with the local media, that these were coming from election officials. But this caucus tomorrow here in Nevada, Dom, and I don't know if I mentioned, but I'm in Las Vegas right now. I was here <laughs> for the Vegas, primary, Jimmy. and and you wouldn't have known it was a primary. It was a very quiet day, and a hundred thousand people at the polls is not a, a huge number. But even less is the number of Republicans that showed a preference other than none of the above, none of these candidates, not Nikki Haley. So the biggest winner other than Joe Biden is probably Donald Trump last night. And he didn't even appear on the ballot. But the weakness that Nikki Haley showed in the fact that even though Trump had discouraged people from voting, had basically said, don't vote in the primary, go caucus. There were enough people that were still motivated to double up Nikki Haley with their preference for anybody else. So unless you're a never-Trumper who's not going to vote for Nikki Haley and really have left yourself with no plausible options, you know, this is the strength of Trump in Nevada, and we'll probably see well, that. But we'll- maybe, maybe. We'll see how many people actually show up in caucus for Donald Trump. I guess that that's kind of my point. Uh, if, if if these people voted for none of these candidates when Trump wasn't on that ballot, were they doing that because uh, Trump wasn't on the ballot? Yes. You know what I'm saying? And then when they go yes. do it again, and that, then they should go vote for Trump. Yes. Or they really don't like any of the candidates, including Trump, who wasn't on the candidate, and Trump's caucus numbers will, will not be as high as perhaps he thinks. You know, that's going to have to play out. We'll know everything uh, come Friday morning. Well... Dom, I would I would just speculate because, you know, I'm not all knowing, but I would speculate that 
first and foremost, Nikki Haley, she's she's stuck in this race. Because even though she might be performing poorly, there's a question about whether or not her opponent's even going to be on the ballot this fall, eligible, because he's got oral arguments before the Supreme Court tomorrow. She is ranting against the party. Oh, did, uh, did we mention Ronan McDaniel, formerly Romney, though she dropped that, apparently thought that was a loser name. She's out at the RNC. Trump's already taken over. His party hadn't even won the election yet. Haven't even caucused yet. But Nikki set a poor showing here in the, the state of Nevada. It hardly made it worth the trip, but I had a good time last night. Anyways, Dom, we'll <laughs> have more fun here in Nevada. I'm staying all week. And I realize this is Mickey, not Nikki, but, you know, I butcher enough names here. Close enough for the devil's advocates. Crudy live on the road from Vegas for the Love of Democracy Tour 2024. The who? The her. The Devil's Advocates. Making radio great again. And we are back from the 420 break. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. You can always join us at the political party at 844-967-2789. Dom, I'm here in Nevada, Las Vegas specifically. The Nevada state primary happened yesterday. Joe Biden won on the Democratic side, going away about 90%, just short thereof. And Nikki Haley, 30%. None of the above got 63% here in the primary. <laughs> Donald Trump wasn't on the ballot, so those that would be Trump supportive, presumably, I'm guessing about 61 of the 63%, were really voting for Trump. They weren't coming out to vote against Haley Trump, Mike Pence, and Tim Scott, the available people to vote for, or you could choose none of these candidates. And 63% chose none of these candidates. And... Dom, it was rigged because it didn't matter anyways. Technically, Nikki Haley can declare victory in the state of in the state of Nevada. She won the primary amongst those showing a preference for any of the candidates. She got thirty percent of the vote. None of these but, candidates, while although we love none of these candidates, uh, cannot actually win. So yeah, Nikki Haley, last woman standing, sort of, because the party here in the state of Nevada, the Republican Party specifically. They rigged the election, and they made a winner-takes-all delegate process here in a caucus that'll happen tomorrow night, and Donald Trump's team basically took over the state party and tipped the scales and thought a caucus would benefit the man, you know, because that takes real effort, Dom. It takes real effort to go out and caucus. you got to show up at a specific place at a specific time. got to have your voter ID. No universal balloting like they have here in Nevada, not in the rigged presidential primary GOP caucus that'll happen tomorrow night, Dom. And Nikki Haley, despite winning the state, here's the headline at the Raw Story, one of my favorite sources. Nikki Haley slams her own party after being humiliated in Nevada. Well, that's <laughs> that just sounds like sour grapes, but let me read. I want to get to a couple of her quotes because she is very candid here. She finished second to none of these candidates in the Nevada primary um, Dom, just a side note, that makes her a loser. That 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 is losing. But anyways, where Donald Trump was not listed on the ballot, Nikki Haley slammed her own party as chaotic. Yeah, it's their <laughs> fault. I agree with that. 
here's a quote. Um, Republicans keep doing the same thing and getting the same result. Chaos. That's the definition of insanity. She wrote saying the RNC imploded. The GOP House can't pass anything. We'll get to that soon, Dom. And Trump lost another court case and threw another temper tantrum. Dom, according to the New York Times' Jasmine uh, Uloa, Haley's rant is the latest break between Miss Haley and her party as she looks to take a more adversarial stance towards Donald Trump. Welcome to <laughs> our world, Nikki. A uh, little too late, Nikki. Yeah, a little too, little too late. Despite her poor performance in Nevada, Haley will be named winner of the contest anyways, since only votes cast for the named candidates shall be counted. But according to Uloa, the result denied her a much-needed symbolic victory. Miss Haley has continued to project confidence, saying that she will stay in the race until Super Tuesday on March 5th, but she remains far behind Mr. Trump in most state and national polls in South Carolina, where she was governor and where the primary is being held on February 24th, she's trailing Trump by roughly 30 points. In California, Super Tuesday state, where she is set to appear at a rally today, she's down by more than 50. Ooh. And, Dom, as mentioned, I did request an interview with Governor Haley or perhaps a surrogate from her campaign here in Nevada, and... They claim they basically, not specifically to me, but more broadly, that they put zero resources and zero money and went in the state of Nevada. And I'm thinking, well, you should have. You could have had a moral victory. You could have had a media victory. You could have not been humiliated by this rigged process, but instead you were. Or or she knew the writing on the wall and knew this wasn't going to happen and why spend the money when you're not going to get a return and there's zero chance to get any delegates. So, I mean, it's, it's certainly a tough spot. But she's rallying in California the- where she's down by 50 today and they aren't holding a primary for a month, Dom. So oh, I, explain yeah, the but logic. It's, but, it's, but it's close. Nevada's close to California. There's their logic, man. Come on. Uh, uh, let's see. The real uh, clear polling.com, uh, a, a list of all the different polls out there reporting morning consult today. Uh, the South Carolina Re- Republican presidential primary has Trump up 37, not the 30 that you referenced in that New York Times piece uh, from the Raw story. And I would also point out another thing. What what what's, what Nikki Haley has been saying over the course of these last few contests? You know, she started in Iowa and was at, you know, 20-some percent, right? Surprised everyone. is going to get two, and I got 20. And I just want to do better. All I want to do is do better. Goes to New Hampshire, gets over 40%. All I want to do is do better then gets her ass handed to her in Nevada, falling back down. So I'm wondering, what's what's the new It's spin? the party's what's, fault. <laughs> what's the new <laughs> angle? Uh, but again, given all the, the, the headwinds that Donald Trump is facing politically, uh, certainly personally, uh, I mean, what, what's her downside for staying in the race? Well, I don't think there is a downside for Nikki Haley. They're going to need a candidate, a in-case-of-emergency-break-glass kind of candidate. I mean, hell. The Supreme Court of the United States hearing oral arguments tomorrow whether or not Donald Trump should even qualify to be on the ballot. And while they could limit the scope just to the question of Colorado, so many state elections officials from around the nation are begging the Supreme Court for clarity. So first and foremost, if he's off the ballot, game over for Trump. You need Nikki Haley then. Suddenly she is your nominee because she's the only qualified candidate you've still got who hasn't yet suspended their campaign. 
So I know why she's staying in the race. How can you not want to stay in the race under that circumstance? And, of course, Rona McDaniel out. She's out at the RNC. Apparently she's going to stay in through, what, South Carolina? Like another week and a half, something like that. Thank you for your service. They're way behind in the fundraising. They got a they got a party in chaos. And here's the craziest thing, Tom. Donald Trump, I don't see how he survives the litigation against him, right? We've talked about this. Whether it's dequalifying him or disqualifying him from the ballot, or the fact that he's a convicted felon between here and the election day, which would certainly undermine some of the uh Enthusiasm, let's just say, for Trump's candidacy. (laughs) Amongst all except the most MAGA Republicans. And we do have new polling out of the state of Wisconsin today. We'll bring Charles Franklin on in the happier happy hour. It's coming about an hour from now. And we'll go inside the numbers with him. We'll see what the enthusiasm is. But right now in the state of Wisconsin, just speaking specifically to the Marquette polling, the enthusiasm for Trump is way higher than it is for Joe Biden. Those that love Trump, love Trump's ass. That's their man. They'll go vote in a primary on a Tuesday in, in, in Nevada in the rain and cold weather when there's all kinds of stuff going on like a Super Bowl this week. And they'll go vote none of these candidates just to give the middle finger to Nikki Haley. I got to admire that in some ways, shape, or form. Don. Those, are, <laughs> know, those are some loyal people. I mean, that's uh, a cult, you know, man. The loyalty, uh, I just don't know that it's going to continue uh, with all the challenges that he has. Dom, I've often heard you say the GOP is a party in disarray. Now you got some sources. (laughs) We'll talk about that on the other side. The House, the impeachment blunder, and Mike Johnson, it's not our fault. Whose fault is it? It's everybody else. I don't know if you know the devil's advocates, but the show is kind of a big deal. Welcome back to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show Wednesday. Big loser edition. And I don't mean us. We're the winners here. You're all winners. You're listening to the winners. Winners. We get to do what we want, Dom. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm checking the text line. You know, you can use the Civic Media app to text us directly, and I get it on my phone, or you can use the traditional number to call or text 844-967-2789. But here are a couple of examples. Is Crudy still in Vegas? Asked Jeff from Shorewood. Yes, I am. I'm right here at the <laughs> MGM Grand Signature at 19th floor, looking out at the sphere. And then he says, what a scam. None of the above wins the primary and Trump unopposed in a private caucus. I'm thinking he's there for hookers and blow. (laughs) Jeff, I would say, don't forget the Super Bowl. One more here. Uh, Andrew from Verona texts in on the WMDX line. My interpretation of last night's Nevada results. The GOP is in disarray. You'd agree with that assessment, wouldn't (laughs) you? It's not just me, Crudy, the reporting this morning. As I got up and it was still dark, I'd flip open the computer and open all my news tabs. Uh, it was it was overwhelming, the reporting on how much disarray the Republican Party is in. 
What was the New York Times headline? I know you posted it. Um, let me let me see if I can find it quick. Dysfunction reigns in Congress as the GOP defeats multiply. And and what was the quote you posted? Uh, taken together, the events that unfolded on Capitol Hill on Tuesday offered a vivid portrait of congressional disarray instigated by Republicans who are bent on opposing President Biden at every turn, but lack a large enough majority or the unity to work their will. Now, it's not me, the, man. The New York Times is saying they're in disarray. Let's let's give our audience a little reminder. Maybe they were, you know, busy traveling to Vegas yesterday or something, Dom. But there was a House impeachment vote. And this was over the big border issue that apparently has unraveled the Senate bipartisan border deal. That, my understanding, but we'll see. But they are going to impeach the Department of Homeland Security chairman, a cabinet secretary, Joe Biden's, Alejandro Mayorkas. Or at least that was the goal, Dom. Now, they didn't have a clear rationale or reason for impeaching the man other than not liking the open borders policies of Joe Biden. Yeah, no, no high crimes or misdemeanors, nothing impeachable. I mean, if you want to start impeaching people because you don't like the policies that they are enforcing, uh, well, then that's 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 a pro- it could become a problem in the future. Well, we know they lost the George Santos, right? They haven't had the special election there yet. And Steve Scalise, the uh the the house whip apparently he's out receiving some medical care and there was some question about whether or not one of the democrats uh green from texas i believe whether or not he'd be able to attend the democrats they they played a little coy on this issue dom so the republicans did their math and they went to the floor and they lost and mike gallagher a congressman from the state of wisconsin was one of the dissenting votes but let's get to some of the sound from the uh, the speaker, Dom. I, I think I think he captures the essence of all things wrong with this party. Uh, let's start with the he have lots of comments on here. Uh, let's start with the foreign aid cut. Uh, number one, please, Nate. We'll see what the Senate does. We're allowing the process to play out, and we'll handle it uh, as it, it is sent over. I have made very clear that you have to address these issues on their own merits. But. It was my understanding the House killed the Israeli aid, right? The $17 billion? That oh, was defeated correct. by a House vote. That's what he's referencing, but please continue. Let's hear some more. Speaker Johnson, democracy is messy. Cut to. <laughs> Last night was a setback, but democracy is messy. We live in a time of divided government. Uh, we have a razor-thin uh, margin here, and every vote counts. Yeah, divided democracy. government, but what about divided Republican Party? I mean, you guys couldn't legislate or govern your way out of a wet paper bag you can't even get your own ducks in a row but is there more a mega mic speaker steady hands yeah three more let's play cut three please we have steady hands at the wheel we'll get through it everybody take a deep breath it's a long game we're gonna get the job done didn't we just go through <laughs> groundhog day don't drive angry don't drive angry Thelma and louise were steady at the wheel too <laughs> they went over the cliff that had a setting just outside of Vegas, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. uh, but let's not let's 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 put the blame where it matters most. With all those bums in Congress, certainly not a reflection of the leadership. Cut for. I, I don't think that this is a reflection on the leader. It's a reflection on the body itself and the place where we've come in this country. Um, look, the nation is divided. We lament that, right? Um, the, the 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 differences, the chasm between the two parties right now is wider than it's ever been. If it's not the leader's fault, 
Who decided to bring the vote? Well, it was you, <laughs> Mega Mike. You're the speaker. You decide the flow of the traffic on the congressional floor, whether or not an impeachment vote, a historic once in 150 year impeachment of a cabinet secretary with no discernible evidence that would suggest high crimes or misdemeanors. But that didn't stop you. And oh, yeah, you also got to blame the Democrats because they were totally transparent about the health of one of their members and they didn't <laughs> expect to see him. And he showed up and it's their fault. They blame the Dems. Hospital garb and a wheelchair to cast the vote. We'll get to some more of that. Uh, Final cut from Speaker Johnson. Uh, Cut five, please. Sometimes uh, when you're counting votes and people show up when they're not expected to be in the building, it changes the equation. (laughs) But listen, we have a duty and a responsibility to take care of this issue. We have to hold the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security accountable. You know, you act like it's a Super Bowl injury report and their lack of transparency about whether or not one of their members would be in the, in the congressional chamber. To, this this is very unethical by the Democrats blocking our ridiculous and not founded upon any evidence impeachment charade, our kabuki theater, and you blocked it. How dare you? Uh, we do have some sound from Hakeem Jeffries, but I want to throw out there the a few paragraphs from the Washington Post, we talked about Congressman from Green Bay, Wisconsin, Mike Gallagher. Well, he was part of the problem, if you listen to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Then we'll get to some Hakeem Jeffries. Just uh, bear with me, folks. Moments before the vote to impeach uh, Mayorkas on Tuesday evening, a chaotic scene unfolded on the House floor. And they're in disarray, did you know? The vote had unexpectedly come to a tie after three Republican lawmakers bucked party lines to vote against the measure. Two of the lawmakers had previously said publicly that they would not support the measure, citing lack of evidence that Mayorkas had committed high crimes and misdemeanors. But a third, Rep. Mike Gallagher from the great state of Wisconsin, had stayed mum about how he would vote hours after warning his GOP colleagues behind closed doors that impeaching the first cabinet secretary in 150 years would open Pandora's box. Gallagher ultimately voted no, which Republican leaders accepted since they could lose three votes to launch the first impeachment of the 118th Congress. But minutes later, the vote arrived at a 215-215 tie, an unexpected turn of events that stunned the House floor into a standstill. Soon, the Wisconsin Republican was swarmed on the House floor by his colleagues who engaged in an apparent last-ditch attempt to change his mind. Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has tried multiple times to force the House to expedite impeaching Mayorkas, was spotted shouting at Gallagher. She was soon joined by Rep. Mark Green, the chairman of the Homeland Security Committee, who spearheaded the investigation into Mayorkas. Uh, Another couple Republicans then uh, uh, tried to persuade Gallagher to flip his vote. He did not. As the vote stayed open after time had expired, Democrats started shouted, order, order, in unison to bring the tied vote to a close. Gallagher stood listening with his arms folded across his chest, as he intermittently gesticulated and shook his head, he was unmoved. He was unmoved, Curdy. So this is, you know, this is what the Republicans are dealing with. Now, Hakeem Jeffries, the minority leader in the House, he has some comments on this issue as well. Let's play cut number six, if you would, please, Nate. We should all work together. This is a period of divided government, which means common sense dictates that in order to get things done on behalf of the American people, Democrats and Republicans should be working together. 
yes, that would make sense, especially in divided government. What, what do you think, what would it take for that to happen? Cut seven, please. American people deserve more common sense, less chaos, less confusion, and less cult-like behavior. <laughs> I mean, they want well, more cult-like behavior, Dom. <laughs> uh, just a few more from uh, Jeffrey's National Security Cut 8. It's time to put the political stunts aside and to come together as Democrats and Republicans so we can support America's national security interests, our military readiness, along with our allies throughout the world, including Israel, Ukraine, and in the Indo-Pacific. But you need willing partners on both sides, you know, Sean Michael. Uh, Jeffries also addressing some of these issues, not responsibility, cut nine. It's not our responsibility to let House Republicans know which members will or will not be present on the House floor on any other day or in connection with any given vote. What's he <laughs> referencing? The fact that they were silent about one of their congressional caucus, Green, a Democrat, whether or not he was going to attend. And, and um, here is what Marjorie Taylor Green had to say in response to the strategy that killed their efforts to impeach Mayorkas. We can all basically look at this as a game, unfortunately, in their strategy. They hid one of their members, waiting to the last minute, watching to see our votes, trying to throw us off on the numbers and we had versus the numbers they had. That was a strategy at play tonight. Yes, it was, ma'am. And you lost. You're a loser. Just like your party, just like your speaker, just like your, well, um, the list is long. I let you continue. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, the, the, the Democrats they have a right to vote or not vote if someone comes in or doesn't come in. You know, Jeffrey said it. It's not their responsibility to lay down the numbers for the speaker. That's their job. You figure that out. You think you got He wasn't the on the injury report. <laughs> right. You think you got it, then you go for it. Uh, and you thought you had it, and you didn't, and you lost. That's why you're losers, because you lost. A few more from Jeffrey's GOP. It's my way or the highway, Limp biscuit style, cut 10. The lesson from yesterday's continued chaos, dysfunction, and extremism is that the Republican my way or the highway approach is not going to work. Period. Full stop. No. It's not, and it didn't, and it won't. Uh, two more. Uh, cut number 11, please. The strategy seems to be backfiring. They want to use the border as an electoral issue in November, and that's going to backfire. The Republicans thought they set a border trap for Democrats, and they fell into it themselves. I hate when uh, I fall into one. my own bear trap, uh, <laughs> no, or donkey trap in this case. Minority leader in the House, the height of cynicism. Cut 12, please, Nate. This is extraordinary. This is the height of cynicism. Once again, they are embracing chaos and walking away from common sense. And getting nothing done except what? I mean, really, I mean, thankfully we have like, I mean, there's obviously lots of chaos in the world right now. 
if you imagine if if we had to rely on the House Republicans to actually get something done if something terrible happened, I mean, I, I have absolutely no confidence that they can round up their own members to do anything to actually help this country. All they do is sycophant and do anything that Donald Trump wants them to do that is not serving the American people, uh, and it's certainly not working out for them. Well, Dom, keeping the government open is what got the last Republican Speaker of the House fired. You remember Kevin McCarthy? Ooh, the new the new RNC chair? Oh, that would be an interesting <laughs> choice. Is he being mentioned? Is he being bantered? I, I, have, I have see some some banter about that. I mean, the guy can raise money, and that's that's what you know you really need to do in that position. But you know, who knows? Ron McDaniel apparently going to be out as the RNC chairperson. I can't imagine why they've got such strength going into this election year. <laughs> Fat coffers and strong candidates, and so many so many legislative accomplishments to run on. Come back. <laughs> We'll talk about whether or not this affects the RNC, the big party in Milwaukee, Dom, because, you know, it's all about the party. 844-96-PARTY. Stick around. I think I'm... The Devil's Advocates know how to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and we're all out of bubblegum. Thank you for listening to the Devil Advocates Radio Show. Your calls, your thoughts, always welcome here at 844-967-2789. Dominic, I am sporting the Summer Lovin' Tour 2021 t-shirt. This was the original tour, but I am on the For the Love of Democracy Tour 2024. I want to thank Hawk for sponsoring the last one, at least the t-shirts and the, the parties at the fine neighborhood bars around Madison at Hawk's. But this year, we're doing the fourth, the Love of Democracy Tour. Thank you to our fine sponsor, Chad's Design Bill, Chad Spate and his crew. Thank you. And they've put me here in Las Vegas, Dom, because it's the most important place to be this week. You know, the Super Bowl aside, there is a primary and there is a caucus. And, uh, you know, apparently there's a reason for me to be here beyond the the blow in the cooker uh, hookers, <laughs> despite the protestations that Jeff from Shorewood can't be here to indulge himself. Uh, I understand we might have callers that want to join yes. us, Dom. 844-967-2789. It's a big loser Wednesday edition. But if you stick around, you're going to hear nothing but winners in the happier happy hour. We've got our good friend, former U.S. Attorney James Santel. We'll talk about the imminent SCOTUS. You know, he's... SCOTUS is going to hear oral arguments on whether or not Trump can remain on the ballot. That'll be at 5.05. Well, the oral arguments are tomorrow, but our experts joining us at 5.05, James Hintel, and later in the happier happy hour, Dom, Charles Franklin, pollster extraordinaire, Marquette University Law School poll, will go inside the numbers. We'll get a snapshot of the Wisconsin electoral sentiment in real time. And, of course, we'll take your calls, 844-967-2789. We can get your sentiment right now. We will start with Bill from Grant County. Welcome, Bill. What do you got for us? Hey, Bill. Yeah, hey, how you guys doing? Pretty I'm cool. doing Good. very Thank well. You. Good to hear from you, and I appreciate the uh, monologue, my man. Uh, I see our man uh, Slow Joe again on the news. Uh, he uh, referenced to uh, French President Mitterrand as... Uh, That's the best you got today, phone. Bill. <laughs> yes, no, yeah, I no. heard that, Bill. That that's much much dead? worse than accusing 
what, Nikki Haley being Nancy Pelosi? I mean, you know, your guy kind of misspoke recently as well, Bill. Is this what we're going to do? Trade misspeaks between Biden and Trump until Election Day? No, 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 I'm not saying that, but just give me a little bit of chance here. Now, this guy is a leader of the so-called free world, and he, he's talking to a president who has been dead since 1996. Really? Come on, come on. Come on, man. I suspect he was speaking to Macron, not Mitterrand, because Macron is the current president. And I suspect that your guy wouldn't know who Mitterrand was. <laughs> right. Uh, now, Bill, uh, to Crudy's point, I appreciate, you know, we can all criticize misspeaks. But do you acknowledge that President, former President Trump has made similar comments, calling Nikki Haley Nancy Pelosi, saying he's running against Barack Obama and talking about World War II? Bill, I mean, do you recognize that Donald Trump has some of those same issues? Well, I mean, being 78 years old, I'm sure he's got some issues as well. We all do, you know, but speak for yourself, Bill. <laughs> Teasing. I tease. Please continue. <laughs> he He's not the current president, but he will be and we'll all be better off. Well, I, I don't know about that, Bill, but, you know, keep your fingers crossed. We appreciate you tuning in and hanging out with us. 844-967-2789. Joe from Madison, you're up. Welcome, Joe. What do you got for us? Hey, Joe. Um, a pretty amazing day yesterday. I thought it was hysterical. And, um, Bill, take a good long look at the Republicans' um, incredible debacle yesterday at not even being able to count the votes before their big old uh, impeachment that they were going to do against Mayorkas. I thought that was one of the most hysterical moments in Congress, the fact that they didn't even think about the fact that Green could leave the hospital. They didn't even bother to, to figure that out. They just assumed. And one of the things that Nancy Pelosi was always known for was counting the votes. You do not put your people on the floor unless you got it nailed down. And there was Speaker Johnson asleep at the wheel, another Republican asleep at the wheel. And so you had this debacle of this, uh, uh, you know, that was a, the Green Deal made a debacle of that vote. And then you had the standalone vote where it was just Israel aid um, that, that was voted down. I mean, the guy, it, it was like nutball uh, in, in order. And then I thought the fact that the most conservative immigration bill that we have had in decades and the Republicans have killed it. I mean, it's amazing they had gotten in that immigration bill what they wanted, and still they won't take it. They're talking about dropping all legal immigration, um, that that's what they want to have. It's an amazing time, and here we are talking about whether Joe Biden mispronounced or Trump mispronounced somebody's name. Come on, people. We have things to figure out in terms of how our allies see us and what we're doing in terms of immigration. And this is what we're talking about is whether Joe Biden or Trump are mispronouncing someone's names. I don't know. I find it kind of amazing. So my take on the subject. Thanks, guys. If you yeah. appreciate, appreciate your call, but if you stick around until our friend Charles Franklin uh, the Marquette University Law School poll, fresh off the presses, he'll go inside the numbers. And you'll be surprised, I think, as a Biden supportive, by how many Wisconsinites think that Joe Biden isn't up to the task. Like 61% of Wisconsinites say, Joe, Joe's getting old. But only like 27% have the same perception of Trump. And they're very similar in age and Trump is not exactly a rocket scientist when he's out there on the stump these days. He has slipped as well. 
So, Joe, I, I think you might be surprised. And I think that Bill, and we got a few messages in on the last caller. Bill, you know, what's he smoking? I want some of that. Well, I can tell you that what Bill is espousing is also what many Wisconsinites believe. There is a sentiment that Donald Trump's going to win the state of Wisconsin, that Donald Trump's going to be reelected president, and it's shown in the Marquette University Law School numbers today. Uh, they are somewhat troubling if you go beyond the top line, which is Biden is beating Trump within the margin of error. But that's that's not a lot to hang your hat on when you see the enthusiasm gap. In most of Wisconsin, or at least a higher percentage, a plurality of Wisconsinites, think Trump's going to win the presidency. Trump might not even be on the ballot, so we'll have to wait and see. And thank you for the call, Joe. Uh, and with reference to Speaker Johnson and, and the chaos and the disarray that Republicans are going through, uh, I, I saw something on the social media today that it's really Nancy Pelosi's fault because she made it look so easy. I was going to ask Joe, do you ever see Nancy Pelosi screw up a vote on anything, like didn't have the votes? Do you ever see her get embarrassed? Have a defeated impeachment vote against some Republican president? Because I don't recall no. that ever happening. <laughs> She's much better than you will ever hope to be, Mega Mike Johnson. Devil's Advocate's getting better. We got James Santel, former U.S. attorney. Stick around. It's going to be a fun, happier happy hour.